1: Speaking of basketball in the state of Indiana, it was a huge, huge, huge weekend for the Indiana Pacers who got a win on Friday night against the Phoenix Suns and then yesterday against the Memphis Grizzlies. Miles Turner was not in that game yesterday, but he does join us now on the program. Uh, Miles, first and foremost, thank you so much for the time. How are you? Yeah, hey, I yo, was good, man. I'm, uh, I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all having me on today. Well, the last time that, that you and I spoke, we were. Um, Scooping out, I was in charge of mashed potatoes. I think you had turkey distribution, two people to my left, uh, just prior to Thanksgiving, and uh, that was actually a fun event. And if you don't mind me saying so, I'm pretty decent at scooping the mashed potatoes, but I think I was pretty generous because they kept having to bring them over. Did you notice that, man? They kept coming back to your station in particular. <laughs>
0: That's a telltale right there.
1: Hey, um, let's begin with this I, in, you know, talking to Don Fisher, there, the voice of Indiana, who had to miss the game for Indiana on Saturday because he's got a head cold. You missed the game yesterday. uh, where do things stand? How are you feeling and, and what was keeping you out? Oh,
0: yeah, I'm good, man. I think uh, just my back was a uh, was just like just to mess with me a little bit, and it got a little stiff, and I think it was a precautionary thing just to be on the road for the next four to five days, you know get on the planes, sleep in different hotel rooms. Uh, if anything it was a precautionary thing on the medical team's part, but I'm good, man. I'm, I'll be good to go against Boston here on Tuesday.
1: Okay, so Pacers getting set to go to Boston. Miles Turner, our guest. Let's go back then and look through uh, the weekend, and we'll begin with Phoenix. Miles, to me, you know, when you get a guy like Devin Booker that is that high, and I mean, I it's listen. I, obviously, we have not seen a guy score that, those kinds of points in Indiana as a visitor in the NBA but he was to be that hot. But the plays that you guys had to make down the stretch, what adjustments did you have to make, say, late in the fourth, or did you both offensively and defensively in that game?
0: I mean, you got to give a huge credit to Aaron Neesmith. I think he checked on for most of that game. And it's very easy as a defender to get discouraged, you know, when your guy's going off like, you know, like Book was. But I think our message was, it was quite simple. It was just like, don't quit. You know, keep staying the course. Like, he's a good player. He's going to make shots. But it's a 48-minute game. You know, you can hopper three quarters and then not be as hot that last quarter. So, um, I think Aaron really dug in and, uh, you know, sunk his teeth in and uh, did what he had to do. And, um, you know, Book, you know, fortunately missed a few shots, you know, down the stretch. And um, our hard play at the end of the day prevailed.
2: Miles Turner joins us. Miles, how different is it playing alongside Pascal Siakam compared to, or how similar is it compared to Demonte Sabonis?
0: Um, it's honestly completely different. I mean, uh, I think they have two different skill sets. I think Domas is a, is a great passer, a great facilitator, um, but also, you know, occupy space like on the low block, whereas Pascal is more of a perimeter oriented guy who will do damage on the inside as well. And, you know, he gets up and down. So, uh, for me personally, it changes because there's so much attention, you know, on him that obviously I'm open for shots every now and then. And then when it comes to our four or five pick and roll, I can get up great openings for because he's too quick for other, you know, centers to guard. Um, and then when they put their smalls on me, obviously I go down low. So it's just a uh, it opens up both of our games, you know, equally. Uh, the versatility of our team is definitely something that I think has been unique and something that we've been able to really play with this five-out basketball. But you know, I saw all towards the good. You know, I've been, i really enjoyed playing with them so far.
1: Miles Turner is our guest of the Pacers. Miles, here's a really elementary question, but I've always been fascinated by this. When I watch the NBA, you know, it is so fast moving, and the ball moves around so quickly. What percent of the time, and I know this sounds like a dumb question, right? But what percent of the time in a half court set are you guys running a designed, called-out play? I'm going to keep it real. That's actually
0: a great question. So, we're very different than a lot of teams. If I were to, over the course of an entire nBA game, we probably fifteen to twenty percent of the time run plays the rest of the eighty to you know eighty five percent of the time we're we're out there um generally just playing open basketball and free basketball. It's almost like a open gym kind of scenario um we have you know some of the best playmakers you know on our side you know obviously the biggest one in Tyrese you know to create for so many people, so he really just put the ball in his hands and let him create and um I honestly think that's a recipe for success in the in today's NBA. You can try to script all these plays, but you know you've watched the play- playoffs as much as anybody. Like once you get to that time of the year, there really is no plays. You know everything about that team. you scouted everything about the team and the personnel, so you have to just play open and free basketball. And um, I think that's you know playing this way in the middle of the season is preparing us for that postseason.
1: So of those plays, and that's a fascinating answer by the way, fifteen to twenty. I like I would have guessed it to be higher. So a two part question. Of those, I would assume that the point guard or that there is a designated player that is the one in the course of a set that makes the decision to go ahead and reset on a possession and run a specific play, Um, A, is that true? And then B, with a new face like a Pascal Siakam, how deep into the playbook can you go now because of the fact that he obviously would not know the vast majority of plays?
0: Well, it's partially true because I think Rick does, you know, command that part of the offense every now and then. If he wants to, if if he's, he wants to exploit a mismatch or he sees something, you know, he's obviously going to speak up. So every now and then, you know, after a timeout or you know, even like halfway down the floor, he'll call something. But uh, for the other part of your question, someone like Pascal, he fits the system so seamlessly. So you know, I think at the end of the day, we all run the same plays in the NBA. We just have different names for them. You know, we uh, everybody steals everybody's plays or takes different iterations of it and whatnot. But um, I think for us, we we run pretty basic NBA sets. So Pascal was able to come in and uh, just kind of pick up just through basketball and NBA knowledge, you know, what those plays were. So it was really easy for him just to, like I said, fit so seamlessly.
1: How does your offense run differently with Andrew Nimhard running things versus Tyrese Halliburton?
0: Um. Well, Tyrese obviously has a couple inches on uh, Drew, so that's probably the biggest thing. Tyrese can, you know, steal over the defense a little bit better than uh, Drew can, but Drew is such a great creator on and off the floor. I feel like he's uh, uh, he's someone who can, like, dip into his bag and really take anybody one-on-one. But he also has such great vision. So I think Drew's biggest thing is just knowing when to be aggressive and when to, you know, actually get guys involved, whereas I think Tyrese has that down, like, to a science at this point. And obviously that comes with years and experience, but, you know, Drew's only in his second year in the league and someone that can really command the top scoring offense in the, in this NBA. So he's had a good, uh, he's definitely had a good past week or so. He's someone who, like, who started the year off, you know, with injury and is still, you know, working his way back. So um, I couldn't have been happier or proud of the way that he was able to handle things when, you know, Tyrese went out, but you know, Tyrese is a, you know, an all-star. He's someone who's a all NBA level player. So there's obviously gonna be some drastic differences, but when it comes to this straight game and hooping, you know, uh, Drew definitely has that.
2: Pacer star, Miles Turner is our guest. Miles. Benedict Matherin is growing game by game in front of our eyes and a lot of people point to year three or year four to where things really start to jump forward for players in this league for you when did it click for you when did you feel like you had your I arrived moment in the NBA
0: um I think for me personally I had a little bit of a different path than most like I you know my first year I missed the first 40 games because of a you know broken thumb but then I was thrown into the starting lineup right away then you know I was starting in the playoffs and. You know, I got that experience real early, so I think going into my second year, things started to click pretty well for me. I think I actually hit my wall my third year, which isn't really, you know, isn't really typical for a lot of NBA guys. It's not the same um, route, but um, things really clicked for my second year, just being able to come straight straight off from starting in the playoffs to to another season, starting, being the starting center, starting the season and whatnot, and getting those reps and opportunities, whereas Ben is coming into a situation where, you know, we're looking to win now, so he has to learn a bit faster, and I think that there's going to be same thing: high stretches and low stretches. High like games where he doesn't score, games where he's scoring 30, 40 points, because you know that's how the game allows him to to play great. So I think the sky's the limit for him. He obviously still you know has a lot to learn. Uh, still still has a lot to learn when it comes just to a full season and whatnot, and what it takes to put to get put that together. But you know um, things will click for him very soon. He definitely has the right mentality for it.
1: Miles Turner is our guest. Pacers in Boston getting set here coming up tomorrow night. Miles, I know on Saturday you guys were off. Uh, I've got a a buddy named Vince Todd, Vinny Todd, we call him, who runs the Uh Heroes Foundation, which is a fundraiser. You know, Vinny had cancer as a cancer survivor and took it upon himself a number of years ago to to raise a lot of money. $500,000, I think, was raised Saturday. You were there at the event, which I know excited a lot of people. How did you get involved in that?
0: Uh, well, a lot of that was through the Simon family. You know, Sarah Simon in particular, she extended the, the invite for me to come out, and um, it was such a great cause because we were able to go out there and, uh, and um, auction off, you know, you know the certain aspects of you know of our game. So the biggest thing we auctioned off was just like a meet and greet, obviously with me, um, with game Then it's four tickets to a game and basically the Pacers experience, right? And you know, we were able to auction that off for you know five thousand dollars, which is huge, you know, towards the cause, towards the cause. There's also something this year in particular that was close and near, dear to my heart. You know, Team Joey uh, has a lot to do, uh, you know, with the Hero Foundation, but it's like their is their iteration uh, you know, of a child who likes to really play with Legos and whatnot. He had a huge obsession with Legos and when he was going through his treatment and whatnot, you know, those Legos is what got him through. So we, what they decided to do was put those Legos with other children who are, are, are in the pediatric hospital that are going through treatment or about to go through their rounds of chemo and whatnot. They give him a whole bunch of Legos. So it, it just kind of, uh, it worked out perfectly with just with my aspirations and my hobbies and whatnot. And um, I was able to go there, show face for a bit, you know, meet some great people. But um, the of family, you know, really took care of me with that one so it was a great it was a great night and a great uh found um a great a great cause
1: you went to trinity high school is that correct correct now is it how do you say the name of your town is it uless Uless, Uless trinity uless trinity okay so between uless trinity high school obviously the university of texas the number of pacer teams that you've played on since you were drafted where does this team rank in terms of overall cohesiveness of roster
0: um, I would probably say, you know, it's tough, man, because like the best year I think I've had here, you know, just with my bias was the when Vic was here, Oladipo was here his first year. We I mean, got to that playoffs and got to that game seven against, you know, the Cavs and LeBron um, and them. That was probably the best, like, locker room I've been a part of since I've been here. And another pace that was at TJ McConnell was part of that locker room as well. He he can account for that, but... Um, what we're doing this year is actually very special just because of how young we really are. Like me being a nine year veteran, but only being 27 years old and having guys that are, you know, 20 years old, 22, 23, like this, that, uh, this closest of age was definitely something that we didn't have that year when we went to the, uh, um, to game seven of that series. So I probably put this at a close at a second compared to that one year, but it very well has the, uh, opportunity to, to jump that you know, you know how we do in our playoffs this year
1: did did you or do you now Miles Turner you know as it, it's it's so weird to think at 27 that you're you know you're, you're the grandpa right you and probably T.J. McConnell and you know there are some veterans there but when you talk about the young players the Aaron Neesmiths the Benedict Mathrens for that matter even Tyrese Halliburton's do you have to preach patience to them do you have to kind of just remind them that it doesn't like you were talking about a minute ago that it doesn't happen overnight
0: yeah, and I think they understand that, which is the best part about it. You know, someone like Tyrese, who hasn't necessarily been to the playoffs, but has been, you know, has seen high-level basketball on his plate, some high-level basketball can, can tell. And, you know, him only being his first couple of years in the league um, and accomplishing so much as he had so early, You know, it puts a tremendous amount of pressure, you know, on one's on one's back. And I feel like if anybody, he's handled it, you know, so well and represented the city so well as well. So, I think someone like uh, Tyrese and uh, and them, like whenever things start to speed up a little bit, it's not that hard, like to to bring it back in or settle them down.
2: Pacer star Miles Turner is our guest. Miles, Indiana has really been a second home for you. I mean, you mentioned starting as young as you did in the league, and pretty much your entire adult life has been spent here as a veteran of this team and having such a great event like All-Star Weekend be here. What does it mean to be an ambassador and be able to show off the state and the city of Indianapolis?
0: Well, it's a huge honor just being, first of all, even being trusted, you know, just with that... you know, with that measure right there, being able to welcome people into the great city and just uh, show them what, what a great host city Indianapolis really is. I really feel like that's something that's very underrated about our city is the fact that when we host events, you know, all the time whether it's some huge convention, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's um, you know the Final Four, March Madness, anything like they do such a great job of hosting, especially in the downtown area. Like it's always a fun vibe, it's always you know doping around the city. But being an NBA ambassador is one thing I learned. You know, this summer especially, like those three letters host so much weight you know being in the being in the nba and now that you are a part of the actual city you know that everybody's coming to and the whole city you know being well with the pacers um obviously their eyes and their ears go towards someone who's been here you know as long as i've been so um you know i'm definitely gonna take great pride in representing the actual city in the blue and gold and just um you know what we're about here in indy just uh you know showing that it's more than just a, a blue collar like town you know there's actually a lot of uh a lot of depth to our city.
1: Somebody just sent me a tweet that said, ask Miles Turner if he's ever thought about developing a hook shot because he'd be unstoppable. You don't see the hook (laughs) shot much anymore. Um, A, I guess, have you. and, And where is your most comfortable offensive spot?
0: Uh, well, I don't really have, like, a sky hook like Kareem or anything like that. But one of my go-to shots is definitely my jump hook. You know, my right-hand jump hook is something that I – especially the post that I'm always trying to get to. You know, a lot of that came from, like, Al Jefferson. He was someone who was really was really good at that and really uh, had a good feel. He one of my bets and whatnot. But um, as far as on the floor, I love operating in the mid-range area. Like, whether it's, like, the dots or right, right above the free throw line, that, that's, like, my perfect – ideal area to operate and whatnot because so I trust my touch so much. And I'm a three-level scorer, and that's one of the levels in the mid-range that I'm very comfortable with.
1: Now, here's the one thing, Miles, that I've determined. I, I've made a an objective observation about you, and, and I think I'm right on this, okay? I don't think you're going to like it, though. You ready? Please. I, I've decided that you don't have a lot of rhythm, and the reason I decided that is because I watch in the pregame, right? And in the pregame, there's this – and it's my favorite part of the game – T.J. McConnell stands there, and every single player has like a personal high-five, like I don't even know what you would call it, like handshake, high-five, like rhythm thing with T.J. McConnell, and it's orchestrated for every single player, and then you come along, and all you give him is a handshake, and I determined that it's because you, you don't want to get involved in the hijinks and learning the whole, all the different moves and everything that go on with T.J. McConnell. Why just the handshake?
0: Huh. Well, you couldn't be more wrong when it comes to the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so we're blaming T.J. McConnell's what you're saying?
0: Not necessarily. I mean, I just uh, naturally, amongst my culture, I'm born with rhythm. And um, <laughs> one,
1: so it's T.J. McConnell, so the one, right?
0: The one thing with me and T, it's just a funny. He's been here, you know, for been my team, my longest tenure teammate. And it's kind of just a run, running inside joke that we have, you know, with that handshake and whatnot. It's just, just an all-business approach, you know what I mean? And he's been here when I've had coaches who have had that same exact type of mindset. So that's our kind of our running joke is when we get to the floor, it's all business. And when it comes to rhythm and whatnot, no, nah, absolutely not. Such for how big I am, I definitely have. <laughs>
1: okay. A I of saw the it in the, the that way I that thought you thought. were able to distribute turkey, I will admit. There was some coordination <laughs> there, right? Um, okay, right. lastly, Miles, because I always ask this question, I think people find it interesting. You're getting ready to go to Boston. You mentioned being on the airplane. What's travel like <laughs> in conclusion here? As you're getting set to go, take me through just like what the road trip is. I mean, you know, you're not getting in line at Southwest with the early bird, hoping that they, you know, that you can get an aisle seat. But what do you watch on the plane? Do you watch film? Do you hang out? Do you sleep? How difficult or arduous is traveling the NBA? Um, you know, I
0: think the biggest thing is, uh, obviously, we're, we're spoiled, with just the way we travel and not getting chartered flights, it's something that's, um, you know, compared to traveling the summertime, you know, on the off-season now, it's something that's second to none. Like, you just, you get first-class service. I mean, the, you know, you – you know, as soon as you touch down, there's a chartered bus for you to take you to the hotel. So, all that stuff is nice. But, um, you know, it's just the time that's probably the hardest of, of everything. After a game, you know, you probably won't get back home to, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning or get to the next day until 3, 4 o'clock. Or sometimes you have a, ne- a game the next day, so you just have to psych yourself into it. But as far as entertainment all that type of stuff, yeah. And you know, I read books every now and then. Uh, I am I got a Nintendo Switch. I play that. I'm in the mood for that. Sometimes I'll just sleep. I mean, it just kind of depends on what you're feeling that day. So, yeah. Best book? Is what best book? Uh, well, the best book I, I personally ever read was Hunger Games series. That's something I read when I was um, uh, when I was in school. Uh, Maze Runner was another one that I, that I liked. But I'm really starting to get into more like fiction stuff now. Like I'm reading one called The Inner Work right now. It's just figuring uh, yourself out as a man, just uh, you know, just trying to figure out your own subconscious and whatnot, and just the uh, leaning inside as opposed to outside help. So it's been good stuff.
2: Go to Switch Game right now.
0: Go to Switch Game. I just. I'd probably say I'm still on Smash Bros.
1: So I'm crazy. Nice. <laughs> now, what's Smash that Pro one World. you guys play, Jimmy? Does he
2: play Rock, that? Rocket League. Miles, you Rocket League guy? I never got into it, but I know exactly what it is. Sure. Like cars
1: and cars. <laughs> okay. Here we go. That's right. Cars and soccer, I think, right, is what it is. That is correct. All right. Well, Miles, I know that uh, it's a busy day for you. Probably got to get some treatment before you guys hit to the road to Boston. And again, I want to repeat, you are, as of right now, you are slated to be in for the Boston game, Correct. As of right now, yeah, I'm good. All right, appreciate it. Miles, I appreciate the time today as well. Absolutely, man. I make sure I keep that rhythm flowing for you. <laughs> I like that. I want to see more than just a handshake with T.J. McConnell. Miles Turner joins us here on the program on Querying Company. Appreciate the time.